I am a huge fan of music. I love listening to music when I'm writing or when I'm just sitting, meditating, whatever it is, I almost feel like the sound of music really just inspires me to kind of be in this moment. But one of the things that most musicians always talk about is the silence. I think to a certain extent, the music happens during the silence. Silence is every bit as important, maybe more so than the notes that surround it. I think the more birthdays I have, <laughs> we'll say, I, I appreciate the silence. I appreciate those moments of breath in music. When I was younger and uh, maybe more, <laughs> more, I don't know, just, just when I was younger and I thought I had something to prove by, by uh, playing as many notes as quickly as possible. And, and you know, I still, enjoy, I still enjoy being able to do that to, to a certain extent. But um, I, think, I think with maturity maybe comes an appreciation for that space that breath, that, that silence that, that happens on either side of, of the notes. Well, this week we have with us Jim McDonough, a classical pianist professionally who not only inspires us, but talks to us about the silence and the space and the creativity of music. What's going on, love? Ah, <sighs> Happy full moon. What do you what do you what do you mean by that? Happy full moon. Is there something specific about that? Well, the day that we are recording this, it happens to be the harvest moon. So there's a um some energies cycling around which can create some intensity. So my phone has been a little busy and lots of stuff going on in the back end, but all is good. So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about in this enchanting type of evening so to speak like you said with the full moon and the, and the weather starting to shift is the is one of the things that i've always been uh, intrigued with there's a few things that as you know that i've been intrigued with and and obviously creativity is one of them sound is another silence is another and um and we have someone with us that i would like you to introduce that is going to help us not only decipher this this ball of cosmic uh, creativity and creation, but is, you know, to extract the ingredients in order to make this uh, possible for all of us to understand. So uh, why don't you let us know who's hanging out with us this evening? Well, I'm super excited to share with you that we are having a cool, awesome, enchanted, I like that word because enchanted almost sounds like it's dancing, enchanting dialogue with um, Jim McDonough, who I had the pleasure to meet just probably about a month ago in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, when I was out there to um, Marsha Nealon's amazing yoga studio doing some sessions out there. Nice. Yeah. And so she... Um, <laughs> when, when were you out there? Uh, in August. August. Yeah. And so um, she said, I have a surprise for you. And I'm like, really? And she said, yep. And it's probably something that you've never done before and probably something that you may never do again. But um, 
she said, I just, I have a surprise for you. So uh, we go uh, back to her house um, from the studio and all of a sudden she's like, come on, let's go. And so we start walking and we start walking next door to where she lives and we enter um, this amazing home where I meet Jim. And um, I have to say that obviously um, one of the first questions you ask is like, what sign are you? <laughs> right, right. Right. And um, he's a cancer. Oh, yeah. Rock on. Yeah. And um, and obviously you're a cancer, too. So um, I'm not being partial here, but cancers right. are some of my favorite people. Cancers are just also naturally creative, aren't they? They're naturally creative, yeah. And so they tend to be, yeah. And so um, we walk into this amazing home, and there's this gorgeous piano there, and um, we start chatting, and he's an amazing musician. And so they had these cushions under the piano, and I'm like, what? What? Because obviously we talk about frequencies and vibration and sound, right? Because right, right. we're energetic beings. Right. Um, so I I lay under the piano while he while he's playing, and it was so incredibly powerful. I mean, just to have this person play, this musician um, who is ridiculously amazing. Um, and so it was just like holy moly, like, who is this guy? So, so Jim, with that, I'm, I'm curious as to what made you, but before we really get into the nitty gritty of this conversation, what intrigued you to put, you know, put pillows and stuff like that underneath the piano? I've never heard of anyone doing that. <laughs> well, first <laughs> of all, it's great to, it's great to join you on this awesome podcast. So thank you for, for inviting me. Uh, actually, it's something that, Marsha introduced me to. Um, this is, <laughs> I guess she is the glue that, that really brought us together. But um, it was an experience that, that she had several years ago out in Sedona, Arizona, I believe. And um, when, and, and I, I don't want to incorrectly tell the story, but I believe she arrived in Sedona and had some, some extra time and and asked, you know, what would be what would be an experience that I could have that I wouldn't forget, and or that would really be, you know, meaningful. And she heard uh, about a pianist that offered something like this, where um, he had a piano much like mine, and um, same model and everything. In fact, just uh, um, and he would have a. Um, client or a, a someone wanting this experience come over and um, he would sort of feel their energy, I believe, and, and play something. And um, so when I, when I met Marsha and her husband, Russ, um, in that very first conversation, she told this story and she wondered if, if something like this would be possible. And I sure, you know, why, why not? Let's give it, I've never, I've never heard the <laughs> piano from that, uh, from, from that, um, vantage point, but I, I'm sure it sounds pretty cool. And, um, so she, uh, the next time we met, it was at our house and she, um, 
at some point in the evening asked if, if she could have that experience. And I played for her while she was, it's a grand piano, so that's, she got under it. Um, and she said it was really cool. And at that moment, she said, Aviana is coming <laughs> to Cedar Rapids. <laughs> she, uh, Aviana, she thought of you instantly. She said, I have to give this experience to her. And, and she would, you know, that she really felt like you would be so open to it and, and impacted by it. And uh, so it was, it was something that long before you arrived in, in the area, she, uh, this was on her radar. And so I was so happy that it worked out. So, Avi, let me ask you this then. Obviously, being under there, and I know you're, you know, you're able to fuse energy frequencies, you're able to speak to it, you're able to understand it. What did it feel like? Um, what you just said it, what did it feel like? Because it, you could feel the, I don't even know if it's the right terminology, Jim, but it was almost like the reverberation moved through your entire body. So it's similar to what, you know, in our realm, we talk about gong baths or, you know, um, crystal bowl uh, um, baths. And so this was just a very, it was a different frequency that was just, you know, um, moving through the sensation can of the body. Can you describe it? Was it clean? Was it clarity? It was dancing. It wasn't sharp. It was, you know, soft flowing um, energy. But I also have to um, attribute that to the to the energy that's playing it, because yeah, because it's it's not just the the piano. It's the the person playing the piano and. Um, Instantly, it was. I, I told Marsha, "This is probably getting a little personal, but it's all good." Um, when I when I left that evening after meeting Jim, it was like I I couldn't wait to to I I, I said that I think it was on a Wednesday night or something. I'm like, can I see him again before I had leave to go home? You know. So it was just one of those things where. You know, we've talked about that we call them soul groups. You know, you you, right. you meet someone and you're just like, <gasps> like I know you, and so, and then then hearing him play, and then you know watching him play. That that was what it was. It was not just hearing him play, but when I got out from underneath the piano and watched him play, then that's when everything started clicking for me because he, as I observed him play, um, it was not him playing. It wasn't Jim playing. It was his soul playing. So Jim, having AV say that, is, is, that, is that how it feels to you? Well, when she, when she described that after that experience, you know what was, what was interesting? It didn't surprise me in a way because, um, and I, I know I, I mentioned this to Aviana that night, when I, when I sit and play, if I really start thinking, the errors, you know, if I'm in a concert setting, the errors happen when I think. If I can get out of the way and I think, and I have to say, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned to Aviana, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm somewhat uh, young in my journey, uh, in my <laughs> Um, but 
it has been so meaningful, um, you know, in the, the short time that I've, I've been on this. And, um, and, and so to answer your question, Chris, it was, it, it was not a surprise when she said that, because if, if I get out of the way, I really feel like that's when I'm at my best and that's when things just happen um, in a beautiful way. And when I start thinking, and when I when my when my thinking gets in the way, that's when the errors happen. It's crazy. It's crazy, right? I also thought <laughs> it is crazy. I also thought what was really interesting that night, Aviana, you said you felt the energy just before the music started. Before the before the before I started playing you felt the energy. Can you talk about that? Because I thought that was so interesting. So what, what I mean by that is, is that I, because I was connected to, or I was observing, I should say, I was observing your, your soul playing the music before it started playing. And so the I, that's how I connect. I connect via energetically. And a lot of times what happens is that energy precedes the experience. It comes before the, the, so it's almost kind of like a human delay, if you will. So the energy yeah. precedes it. And so it was, it was almost as if I could hear you playing before you were playing, but it was, wow. but it was in sync. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, other than that, it was, it was just, I've not listened to a lot of classical, um, music and, uh, and you, I, and I'm, I'm not just giving you props because I care about you. I was blown away, like completely blown away by watching you have an experience with this piano and so, I mean, just the way that your hands hit the keys, the way that your body was positioned, the way that your head was tilted, it was as if you were being guided uh, by um, the soul, the spirit, as he was playing. One of the things, and this is my theory in that, and it's um, my, you know, my, I always come up with these crazy names for theories, but I call this, actually wrote it down to make sure I wouldn't uh, forget it. I call it pushing the pushing potential theory. And that's this. Now, check this out. I think this is actually pretty cool <laughs> in that. So, AV, you go into the space, right? And the music is already there. Yeah. However, it needs to be pushed to you, right? So the music is already there. So, so for instance, the music is already, or the frequency, the vibration is already there on the piano. It's already in the space. But someone needs to push it to you because you're already feeling it. You're sensing it. But now you want to physically experience it. And obviously, as you know, you being open, you can already see the potential of that space before a key is even pressed. And so it almost c comes to the idea of, you know, for us mere mortals, you know, I call it like, you know, you need all three components. You need electricity, a light bulb and a switch, right? You need all those three things in order to have, you know, light and a space in this example, mm -hmm. electricity, light bulb, and a switch. And you need all three of them so that, you know, you turn on the lights and you see. So those components are there, but it's not until, right, 
Jim gets behind and he pushes it. It's basically turning on the switch and allowing you then to experience it. So all three things need to be present at that given time. Yeah, that's 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 pretty cool. The pushing potential. Pushing potential. Did you just make that up? Well, no, it's a, it, but, uh, the name I did, Pushing Potential. <laughs> Copyright that. Right. Copyright that. <laughs> well, and it, you know what it is too, Jim. I mean, it goes to the idea of, um, you know, you always go into areas and you you feel something and you don't you don't know what it is. And you feel sometimes the, the potential, maybe yucky energy, you know. And I think, you know, we, we say because we're intuitively connected to places and we can feel it that way. But sound and music is no different. But Jim, let me ask you this. Why the why the piano? Good question. Um, I, I'm the youngest of four, my three siblings, um, who are older than me all took piano for a very short period of time, you know, early elementary school. Um, they determined very early on, it wasn't for them. Uh, my mom, I think deep down probably always wanted to play the piano and that's why she was sending her kids to lessons after the three ahead of me, um, uh, didn't continue. They really had doubts whether they would send me to lessons, but they're set this piano. So my mom started taking lessons as an adult beginner. And uh, um, mom and dad owned a, a real estate business in a small town in Iowa. They, she didn't have time to, to practice like she should, but she would notice when she uh, would, would have that time um, that I was very intently listening and watching and she'd get up from the piano. Now I would have been about first grade, maybe second grade. Uh, she would get up from the piano and I would sit there and start to play what she had just been practicing. So they thought to be fair, we're going to send number four, me, Jim, <laughs> uh, to lessons. My mom <laughs> gave me her, gave up her lesson spot so I could take lessons and uh, I knew within the halfway through the first lesson book. So within five, six, seven, eight lessons that the piano defined me. Now, in, in second grade, um, I didn't know how, how to put it in those terms, but I just had this feeling of all the things that I wasn't good at. You know, I wasn't particularly athletic or or um, didn't have other talents that sort of would define me or, or place me in a category. You know, this, this kid is good at this. The light bulb went on. This is what I was good at. And that combined with a, a family that really wasn't musical, but identified that, that this was something that was important to me. And, and even in an, in an era where trips to town on a gravel road were somewhat limited, uh, you know, we, they always made sure I, I got to my piano lesson one way or the other. And so why the piano? It was just the thing that the light bulb came on when I was introduced to it in second grade. And uh, I knew halfway through that first lesson book that someday I wanted to be a pianist and, and make that my career. Now, at age seven, I didn't know what that career would look like. I didn't have it all figured out at that at that age, but I did know that this was my thing. And and I had deviations in my career path along the way. I denied that uh, I could make a living um, in the music business. So I I was an air traffic controller. I was a school teacher. I did other things, but this 
journey um, in music, it has always brought me back. And when I do have that deviation, I just learn that much deeper why I need the music. Um, Aviana, that evening we met, you described it as my oxygen, and I had never put it in those terms. But, um, you know, some of these things make sense now, um, looking back, and, and I think that's it. You know, this has this has for many, many years been my oxygen. And when you can't breathe, you figure out a way to find that oxygen. And, and, and life has brought me back to music. And, and I have been a full-time um, musician for the last uh, 18 to 20 years. And, um, and it, it's been a wonderful ride. I, I, I love it. And I love the people that I meet and, and the experiences that, that I'm able to have through this. Wow. It's so cool. You know, you, you touched on something that I want to bring Chris into this conversation. Um, because you mentioned that you weren't sure if, you know, if music, if you could make a living, you know, um, being a musician. And, you know, I think that that's, so true with so many people nowadays who really want to follow their heart's desire, but are too afraid to, because our world, our society suggests that we have to just get a J-O-B to pay the B-I-L-L-S. And there's so many people who are doing that without um, living in, on purpose or, you know, doing doing their gig or doing their thing. You know, my degree is in architecture and you know, leaving the corporate world six years ago, we're going on six and a half years ago now, um, you know, leaving the security, leaving the retirement, leaving, you know, the, the steady paycheck to do what, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, to meet with people and talk about purpose and talk about energy and, and talk about passion, you know, that, that was kind of a joke. And, and when I was leaving, you know, people, many, many people said to me, there is no way that you're going to be able to pay the bills doing that. And, um, when you're on purpose and when you're living in passion, you know, it's not about paying the bills. It's about, um, having quality of life. It's about being grateful for the, for the breath that we have. It's about, being grateful for being of service and tapping into the the soul's expansion and um when i when i mentioned to you that you know music was your oxygen and your superpower <laughs> um because i didn't even know if you knew it the way i could see it or witness it with you and oftentimes we think that when we're doing what we love to do that it'll that that passion will go away if we're getting paid for it or well I don't want to lose the passion because I'm doing it all the time and I actually think of it differently I think of it I can't imagine doing anything else uh obviously we have this little mind that you and I have talked about a few times you know the the that fear you know you mentioned earlier too when when you sat down to play and you got out of your own way um, that's really when all this magic started happening. And, um, the more that you step into, uh, that spirit, that, that place, um, I'm just going to sidebar just for a second, because I think that this goes along with this, um, human experiences day to day. Uh, we live in a world that can be a little crazy. We're in full moon right now. So energies are arising 
when when there's day-to-day stuff, when there's the conversations to be had, when there's appointments to be made and just people are going 900 miles an hour, that energy can take you off track. It can be a massive, massive distraction. And sometimes the last thing I want to do is sit and meditate. The last thing I want to do is just give myself five minutes because I don't have time for five minutes. And really in that five minutes or that reconnection, everything shifts. Um, and so I want to, I want to share that with you. And I want to talk about that with you, that the more that you have a resistance probably, or maybe you haven't sat in front of the piano and, and did that recharge. Um, and maybe, maybe you have, I, I, we probably want to talk about one of that, that, those experiences because everything begins to dissipate when you go back to that oxygen, when you go back to that, um, that breath. But there's so many things that take us away from that on a day-to-day experience, which is one of the reasons why um, I talk about meditation so much. So, you know, first, Chris, I want to bring this back to you because I remember you growing up, you sharing the story that you being an artist, that you wouldn't make enough money to be an artist or to have, um, you couldn't pay the bills if you went into the energy of creation. And then moving that over to um, Jim about sharing the experiences of any resistances and going back to that, that recharge, that fuel, um, as a means of reconnection. You know, for, for me, and I'm, I'm curious to see if, uh, if Jim had a similar situation, at least growing up, for me, it was, you know, it, it was the program, you know, and one of the things, Jim, that we talk about that AV and I talk about is that, you know, the thing is, is when we're growing up, you know, we look at adults as if they're the, you know, the be all know all of everything. Cause you know, we see them, they're taller. So we think they're smarter because they're tall. <laughs> and um, so whatever they say kind of like goes, you know, their word is is gold. And so for me growing up, you know, my oxygen at that time was art. And I used to always love to draw and express myself through that, you know, through that medium. But every time other people would see me, they would say, you know, why are you doing that? You can't make a living doing that. You know, no one, you know, pays for an artist and all this other stuff. And you hear it over and over and over and over again. And I started to believe in it. And I decided to cut myself off from the oxygen of source or universe. And instead, I put on like one of those oxygen tank tanks that was being filtered, you know, by someone else providing that oxygen. And here I am rolling around this tank everywhere because that now became my new oxygen, which was I can't do what feels normal, which was, you know, painting and drawing. And instead now I have to do what, you know, all these other people are telling me to do. Lo and behold, their truth became my truth. And when it comes to creativity, and I'm curious, you know, Jim, if you had, again, a similar situation, is when you, do you feel, you know, like I did, do you feel people kind of like trying to, you know, put their truth on top of your truth? And if so, you know, can you give us an example of maybe how it happened or how you came to the awareness of it happening? Oh, absolutely. I feel like the three of us, we are the, this is the meeting of the three musketeers. <laughs> with, <laughs> with, oh, yeah. With the, you know, it's like we're all writing the same book here. It's mm-hmm. um, without a doubt. I, you know, I, I described, I, I, I did have 
a family that was very supportive of my music instruction um, as a kid. But whether it comes from society or our family or others that we interact with or, or ourselves, uh, denying that, that we can be a success following our passion and um and and using our our oxygen in that way um yeah i i i went to school for i was a double major uh music education and piano performance um so i taught in the public schools then i went back to school as i said to be an air traffic controller and that's probably the that's probably the the most you know drastic shift that I've made in my life. But but to to illustrate your point, um, yeah, I was stepping into another world completely. Well, well, let me stop you. Let me stop you right there. Why? Well, for myself, I I just at that point in my life, I was in my I was in my early to mid 20s um and i thought i'm going to go do something that i can make a good living doing um i will have retirement i'll have benefits i'll have all of these things that aviana just talked about <laughs> that she left and i've got to tell you so i um i did that for about three years I was an air traffic controller at the Chicago Center, which is the second busiest air traffic facility in the world. There are no air there are no airplanes around. It, it's a it's a regional center that controls all, all or part of seven states. So the airspace that I was on a team, we controlled um, uh, over Lake Michigan and arrivals into O'Hare from overseas. And it was, or excuse, yeah, into O'Hare. Um, I got to the point I would watch the Weather Channel, and if there were thunderstorms over Lake Michigan, I'd call in sick. Well, that that is absolutely not my character, but I knew that. I mean, I was just like, I can't, I cannot. I'm not too young to hate going to work every day. Um, so I had accumulated four, uh, four weeks of vacation, and I used it all in one, four, in one month's chunk. I moved out of my apartment in Aurora, Illinois, where, where this facility was located. I moved out of that apartment. I moved everything back to my hometown in Iowa, and I thought, if I can find something better, wonderful. I hope I can. If I can't, that job is still there and I'll go back in four weeks. And um, so just for reference, I'm about uh, uh, at that point, Chicago to Iowa was about four and a half or five hours. So it was, you know, it was some risk, but I thought I just have to follow this instinct, this, this feeling. So I moved all of this stuff back to Iowa and within a couple days, I ended up on a phone call with the person who hires musicians for Royal Caribbean and uh, Cruise Line. And they needed someone to, well, first of all, I had this conversation with them. 
And uh, it ended. We hung up. I thought, well, this isn't going to go anywhere. He called me back. He just was notified that he needed someone to fill in for um, someone who needed to take a two-week emergency leave. But normally they have auditions. Well, this was they needed someone on an airplane the next morning. And he said, do you have a piano nearby? Well, I did. And he said, okay, I've never done this before, but could you play something in this style? So I sat the phone down and I played it. Okay, that's fine. Could you play something in this style? So I did. And he said, I'm not sure about you, <laughs> but I'm in, a, I'm in a pickle here. Can you be on an airplane tomorrow morning? And do you have this many suits? And do you, you know, can you, I checked all the boxes. I could be on an airplane the next morning. And he was going to give me a try for two weeks. And you know what? That two weeks fit perfectly within my four weeks that I took off. So I, I ended up on this, um, on a flight to St. Thomas, Virgin, the U.S. Virgin Islands. And I'll never forget being on this rickety uh, van, taking me to the ship on the, this kind of almost a very primitive path, you know, and I uh, windy crawling up this sort of mountainous terrain in, in St. Thomas, got to a point where it was like looking out into paradise. I could see the ocean. I mean, I, I can see it in my mind as if I'm seeing it, you know, actually happening. Um, glistening water, this beautiful ship, and that was going to be my workplace. And I just left, you know, where I had just come from was this dark um, air traffic facility with filled with people. You know, it was like this good old boy hazing kind of environment. Um, and I thought I had died and gone to heaven. <laughs> like someone pinched me. You know, I went from statistically air traffic control is one of the one of the most stressful jobs you can have it it's on the list for highest divorce and suicide and all of these terrible lists i went from that environment to using my talent to make people's eyes light up and to play songs that resonate with them and 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 so that was my job for two weeks. I, I sat at the piano and I would interact with people and they would ask me to play songs that they had their first date with or their first dance or I proposed to this song or uh, I played this song for my mother um, when she was in hospice or this song was at our wedding or at dad's funeral, whatever. And I was able to use this piece of equipment, <laughs> you know, this otherwise silent object and communicate and reach people and, and really connect with people. And I thought I had died and gone to heaven. And, you know, someone pinched me. I left that dark facility that was so stifling and i'm in the caribbean <laughs> making people happy 
And so I called uh, from, I think it was Miami, <laughs> probably, probably the next port of call. And I called back to Chicago and I said, I don't know how long they're going to have me <laughs> here and how long I, I will be employed, but this is more me than that was. And so I quit. And, and I did. And that two-week gig, fill-in gig, turned into uh, um, about three years that I worked on ships. After, yeah, after that two-week uh, contract, they placed me on their takeout team. So when a ship is brand new, they have a team um, typically with a lot more experience than I had had with the company. But, um, the, and, and we would join the ship in the shipyard. Uh, just before it's finished being built. And then we would go out on the inaugurals and the maiden voyage and the, you know, the kind of the, all the fun things when a ship is, is new. And, and I did that for three years and um, I loved it. And, and, you know, that experience wasn't going to be something that, um, that I, I didn't want to live and work in that environment long-term. But that was the spark that that ignited this career. And and um, to this day, I have continued to record and perform people's favorite songs, the songs that they would come up to the piano and request. And uh, so my website, this isn't a cheap plug, this really, <laughs> this, but my website is pianofavorites.com because that's that's what I love to do. So people ask me, do you um, do you compose do you play original music and and until very, very recently, I haven't um, because I really love connecting with people um, through songs that resonate with them because they've been you know a, a part of of their lives at, at important times. So, I, I I don't know if I've answered your your question, Chris, but that was that was my experience with with uh, sort of the 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 job that we felt was what we needed a path that we needed to do to take um, while you know really knowing that that if we wanted to breathe the oxygen that we were put here to breathe that there was something else that that uh, was was out there for us that's a beautiful beautiful story thank uh, thank you for sharing that and the courage that it that it takes for you to do what you did and it's just a uh, beautiful thank you for sharing that you know it's um it's crazy because <laughs> you know hearing that you know and managing airspace you know that i was you know collected with with that information to managing airspace of this dark energy that, that you, or this dark room in this highly stressful, uh, job and then going and stepping into paradise and playing the piano for people just connecting, right? It, it's, I love music, absolutely love music and music sings to me. It, it can either, it can totally bring a mood up. It can totally change the, the energy in a room just by hearing a song or hearing a vibration of some sort, whether it's, you know, a ballad or like you said, a, a song that reminds you of someone passing or, um, a celebration of some sort. So, I mean, how awesome that you get to now, you know, do that every single day. But you also said that there's 
um, some things where you you didn't have or you're you're stepping into more of original music. So I I want to get to I want to get to this because I think this is super fun. So um, after I heard Jim play just uh, a month ago, uh, we started we're, we're doing all of our recordings on the back end with with all of this for the podcasting. And I mentioned to Chris, I'm like, what if we had Jim record an intro and an outro uh, to our podcast? And so then, you know, you and I started talking, Jim, and, you know, and then playing, you know, some type of quote unquote meditation music, <laughs> right, um, to to record for our intro and our outro. And then prior to us recording this, you sh- just shared with us that just as recently as last night... Um, you had the energy of just playing some meditation music and you hadn't done that. Can you share with us your experience with that? Yes, it really was something. So I, um, I really wanted to record that. Thank you, by the way, for asking me. I'm, I'm honored to, to <laughs> be, to be able to do that for your, for your great podcast. Um, and I wanted to I wanted to make sure that the recording of of what we use uh, for for your podcast was on the the piano where we met, you know that, and and so we have been we've enjoyed um, getting the the very best recording of of that piano, and um, so when we were when we were playing around with that, and it was last night. Um, I started, I, I was invited to, it was, it was suggested that I just play for 10 minutes, just nothing, just, you know, because I have been, I have been meditating, especially Aviana since you and I met, um, you, you've really, you've really sparked something in me, I have to say, and, and it's, it's been so meaningful, the, oh, the experience, just the journey. I mean, I, I, I certainly don't have, <laughs> I don't have it all figured out, but isn't that kind of the beauty of it? It's like, it's the process. <laughs> None of us yeah, have it figured yeah, out. I mean, I, but it's, <laughs> yeah. I do when, when I'm, when I'm, when I am taking that time and, and I enjoy it first thing in the morning while I'm still groggy, by the way, you know, meditating, but the, the music is, is really, you know, because that's my thing. I, I listen to that and, so when anyway when we were when we were getting some some good sound last night on the piano uh, for your use, it was it was suggested that I just spend maybe ten minutes um, and play some music that might be suitable for meditation. And I've never done that before, so I did. And the tape is rolling, and it was quite an experience and I this may sound out there but I had a 10 minute it was as if I had a 10 minute meditation when I was doing that I and I would I I, I believe those 10 minutes are on tape I would like to hear them back <laughs> um, because it was it was an experience unlike I, I mean it was it was a it was an experience like nothing I've had before, um, that I remember anyway, um, of just playing and there were no wrong notes. There was, there was a lot of, it was all feeling and no thinking. 
and it was really it was really a cool 10 minutes. I'll share that with you, Aviana, if, if I can find it. Oh, my God. Oh, well, so here's the thing. Like, you already have my wheels turning. So, and this is going to be broadcasted. So that means you have to <laughs> <Okay>. do it. <laughs> well, well, you don't have to. But, but I mean, just listening to you. So let, let's just retract for just two seconds. You're relatively newer on the spiritual journey, right? So, or or I should say re-remembering the spiritual journey because you are so incredibly spiritual. It's just the human experience may have taken the lead up until this point. So you've been meditating, you've been practicing, your your mindset has shifted a bit of maybe just opening um, a little bit more. So it, it's, so you're just, you're re-remembering relatively uh, newer, I, I would have to say, because, you know, you're just, you're just an amazing being with a, an amazing gift. So interestingly enough, your story, just that story with you not ever practicing a meditative uh, um, form of music and then that actually you playing became your meditation profound number one number two there is a fabulous app that um, marcia is on and that i am on uh, and hundreds of uh, other teachers are on called insight timer and the beautiful thing about insight timer is they always welcome uh, different types of meditations and i am inviting you to i'm going to send you the link when we get off this podcast and I invite you to upload that recording this evening for the rest of the world to hear, to start and let the universe know um, and let the universe hear your amazing gift. I mean, it's it's amazing that your music, you were in a live meditation playing yeah. your music. I mean, wow. th- well, that's beautiful. I, you know, Insight Timer. um, Marsha introduced me to that. I, I wake up to that every morning. It, it I didn't realize I could <laughs> upload something. Um, so I will I will do that. Um, and and I think that was part of those uh, part of the idea last night was, you know, what if what if your music could accompany uh, people's meditations? And and so I will I will rise to your challenge aviana and i will do that and and you know probably the the thinker in me would would maybe say oh but it was my first attempt and you know there's no editing and how's the quality and but maybe maybe there's something to it being just that organic and that's how spirit speaks yeah organically yeah yeah i'll do that and it's and it's not yeah it's not a what if it's a, it's like a bam. It's like totally going to happen because people are going to resonate with it. Right. And, and, it, yeah. and, and it's not to say that it, that it can't be cleaned up, you know, so it's okay to introduce some of your logic into it, but as long as cleaning up is not editing, meaning that, you know, it's completely reconstructure and then it sounds completely different. So it's just basically just like, you know, maybe, you know, dusting the corners or something like that. But, but Jim, I'm on your website right now. Uh, pianofavorites.com for those people who are listening. And I'm on the, um, let me see, slash buy online. So that's pianofavorites.com slash buy online. And I'm on your, 
buy online page and I am counting 15 CDs or 15 soundtracks, how do you do this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, the, it's been such a... So So the very first CD was named... What is is the, still online? We still we still have it in stores. It's we still ship out even that first one. It's called Requests, and and the the cruise ship job that I'm I just told the story about. Uh, I found that night after night I was playing the same songs, and I thought, why not have a CD that I can sell? People come up to the piano, they ask for their song, I'll play it, and I'll sell them a CD, and. Um, so I, on a break from the cruise line, I recorded that first CD and I took it back on ships to sell. That was a big enough success. I moved back onto land. I recorded my second album, which was a holiday CD, and I started um, distributing it to the gift and specialty store industry. So um, I would... We, we distributed the, the music to hospital gift shops, flower shops, um, gift and specialty type stores. And uh, uh, we ended up with my music being played overhead in just over a thousand stores. So it was being played in the store and then we had a point of purchase display at all of these stores. And um, so I was very actively recording at least once a year. Um, and I ended up, I've, I've recorded 18 albums so far and, uh, we have retired one or two of them, um, in that time, but yeah, it's, it's been quite a journey and, and, you know, it all started from that leap of faith, leaping toward back into music and, and playing the songs that were going to resonate with people. And then knowing that those are the songs that they would it's not only selling, you know, it's not only a salesy sort of thing. Yes, I, I have to sell these CDs to, to, or the recordings, but it's so meaningful to, to know that, that people have the, that music in their home. They have it in their life. People are, I, I get the most beautiful letters and, and emails from people that say, um, uh, we've, we've, it's Christmas morning and we have been listening to your beautiful music as we unwrap our gifts or or as we decorate our tree or you know we're with we're with my elderly mom in hostess and your music is playing or whatever to know that um, that the music is is touching people and I guess it, it goes back to what I was saying before but I, I kept recording CDs and, and each one of them is a theme. So, so there are holiday, there's faith and inspiration. There's, uh, um, there's one that's, um, patriotic. There are songs from movies, songs for children. Um, uh, there are a couple country albums, uh, country melodies. So these are all songs that, um, nothing is obscure on any of those CDs. They're all, they're all familiar songs, piano favorites. Right, uh, Country Roads, that's the one you're talking about. Yeah, so there's a CD called Country Roads, and there's one called Country Dreaming. Um, again, it's all solo piano. Um, solo piano arrangements of, of people's favorite songs. What's your favorite? 
I'm asked that question a lot, Aviana. Mm-hmm. And and as cheesy as this answer is, it is, I swear it's from the bottom of my heart, my most, my favorite song to play is the listener's favorite song. Yeah, I, it goes back to connecting and connections and making a connection. And maybe it's, I don't know, maybe I so deeply, I, I we've talked about this before i so deeply crave connection in you know in every aspect of my life i want that so badly and the piano has been my vehicle i <laughs> i almost get choked up i i'm fighting you know i'm fighting something here just telling the story um but the piano has been my vehicle to connect so i don't need to I don't need to play my favorite for other people. You know, what my favorite moment is would be to make a connection. So awesome. Yeah. It really that I'm, I'm, I'm like, (laughs) I'm, I'm having this sort of emotional (laughs) experience telling the story, but it's so genuine. I, I, it's, it sounds sort of like a cheesy answer, but. No, From the I bottom love of my it. heart, it's it's the truth. Well, you know, you and I have spoke about that, that we share a lot of similarities on our journeys. And, you know, one of those is that, you know, you, you know a ton of people and you've performed, you know, uh, uh, in front of thousands of people and yet still craving that connection, you know, still, you know, still wanting that feeling, that, that sensation. And a lot of times we have this human experience and that connection we know something else is more we we know something grander exists and and then it's also communicating and connecting with people who who get that or who understand that or you know want more of that connection and that connection is is to the consciousness to the divine to the spirit to the, the energy within and and that is why you get emotional with with talking about it as the the piano being your vehicle because you're you're in um that dharmic place where gratitude you're so incredibly grateful for that vehicle in order to make that connection with you and other sentient beings and so i mean it's um i i feel the same way when when you're able to connect with someone um, from an energetic space and people are grateful for the experience, then all of a sudden it's just kind of like, you know, it, it, it takes your breath away. Colors become more clear. Sounds become more vibrant. You know, the sun looks even, you know, grander. Everything becomes heightened because you're such in this beautiful moment of peace and grace. And it's just, it's unbelievable. I, I recognize and I understand your sincerity. And it's one of the, the reasons why um, I connect with you because uh, I can sense that. It, that's authenticity. We've had conversations about that word too, <laughs> you know? So um, it, it's just, it, it's amazing that you've, you've had this gift and this ability to connect with um, your soul and your spirit through uh, the vehicle of the piano. It's it's been quite a journey and and somehow i feel like it's it's been renewed it's or it's um i'm not sure how to describe it but but 
I did have a, I did have a sort of, a, I, I learned something unfortunate recently about, you know, um, I think Aviana, you would call it resistance that we experience in life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning, right. I'm learning yes. the, uh, the lingo here, but I, I had that, I had a, a situation of resistance in my life that, that really hurt. I learned something, you know, that was said and, and, um, and it hurt and it, it really bothered me. And it just so happened, uh, that the day I, I learned of this and I couldn't get it out of my mind and it was just, it was all consuming because it involves someone that I'm, you know, I have a very close relationship to. And it just happened that the next day was concert day. Um, and I had no choice. I had to prepare. I had to practice. I had to, you know, there were, there were things I had to do. I had to sit at the piano. Or I probably would have kept stewing about this and, you know, worrying and hurting and whatever. And I sat at the piano to do what, what was very routine and just, you know, check it off the list as part of the job so that I am, am ready for my concert the next day. And I had this experience where I, I sat at the piano and, and I got emotional and with, you know, during the first song and this is, this is all sort of new to me. You know, I mean, I, I, I couldn't describe it, but I was so thankful Aviana that, that I had the, the few conversations with you that I, I, I could put it into perspective and it was to be honest and I'm removing I think I'm removing ego from this. I sounded better <laughs> than ever. Yeah. I really felt like I was <laughs> totally on my game and yet I was emotional and I had to text you mm -hmm. and I had to tell you about that. And it wasn't to, and I, I, I know that you accepted it in, in that spirit. I, I, I wasn't wanting to dump the negative it was to share the beauty and it was something it, that was the, that was another like wow <laughs> experience so that's when i when i say i i feel in a way like you know i've been doing this uh, i i've been sitting at the piano since age seven and i've i've been a professional musician for 20 years but I feel like it's it's being renewed uh, at the moment. I'm in the middle of this renewal. <laughs> That's so cool. It's very cool. It's exciting. Yeah. So cool. Right. This is uh it's almost what I always call it's the the total alignment, you know, with God, universe, source. And it almost seems like what I'm, you know, it almost like what I'm feeling or what I'm hearing, what I'm sensing is that it's so interesting how us humans can fill ourselves up. We fill up our bodies, our minds with fear. 
And fear then takes on these all these characteristics, whether it's suffering, whether it's skill, whether it's I'm not enough. It takes on all these different characteristics because fear is like a sh- like a shift ship shape shifter. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say something else. It's not, it's not, <laughs> but and, and and depending on the person and the circumstance, you know, it'll shift according to that person's uh, current experience through fear. And this is what happens, and I find this fascinating that, and you said this earlier, Jim, you know, removing, getting out of your own way, you know, removing that resistance. And I feel that what happens is, is that fear isn't gone, but what happens is love is allowed to like flush everything out or mix it in or filter it, so to speak. It's allowed to enter. It's allowed to enter. And what happens is when there's more love, say, than fear, then that's the alignment of, you know, again, that's the alignment of source, energy, God, Allah, Buddha, whatever you want to call it. And when you have that alignment, that you enter into this vortex that cannot be explained. It's like trying to explain the taste of a, of a watermelon to someone who's never ate it before. It's impossible to do that. But it's you enter into this vortex. And the only way to communicate in this vortex is through emotions, whether it's tears, whether it's laughter. And I and sometimes I believe that this is where the insanity things comes in. Like you say, oh, that person is crazy because they have no reason to cry or be happy or laugh. And that's because most people crave this fulfillment of love to the connection of source because we all miss that connection. Mm-hmm. We miss it so bad. That through our creativity, we invite that, that, that dialogue with what we remember and what we're trying to experience. So we get these glimpses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and obviously, Jim, in, in that moment, you were vulnerable. But in that vulnerability, you allowed love to enter. Mm-hmm. You were sending out the signals to source and source said, here you go. Perfect alignment, because I know, Jim, you would agree that you weren't the one playing, right? We, like you said earlier, you were just pushing sound. Sound became so effortless because it was just a communication of love. And all you were, you weren't even playing sounds. You were just embracing love and you allowed that moment to, to be embraced by the audience and everyone else yeah. listening. Mm-hmm. And you probably nailed well, and the that, concert, right? It did go very well, I must say. And, you know, you, Aviana, you, you, you sent me a message back and, and you said, <laughs> By yeah. the way, you're going to rock this tomorrow, and and you can thank the the party that uh, that the you know the individual that that yes. caused That's a blessing. The, it's a blessing. The resistance. Mm-hmm. Right. You yes. you can it's, you can thank you can thank them for that, and uh, it 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 was a it was a really meaningful experience. And the beautiful thing is now is that. You've experienced that space of, I like how you shared that, Chris, the space of love. So you're closer to love, not that you weren't closer before, but love is limitless, right? So you're, mm-hmm. you're even, now you're stepping in another vibration of love because of this one person created, helped create that resistance for you, for you to step through it. So now you're in another vibration of love and you'll, you'll swim in this vibration of love for a while, meaning you'll have some more rocking concerts. 
And then you'll you'll come into another resistance from someone else. And then you'll go into gratitude for that. And then you'll go into a, another layer of love. And it just keeps growing. You you said it perfectly. You're in a sense of renewal. Um, that is exactly what's happening. And the renewal will only continue to calibrate and expand from here on out as long as you continue your practice, right? Because let, let's just give credit to what's happening here. About over a month ago, you started to meditate. You started to create this space. Yeah. And once you start creating the space, it doesn't happen overnight. This is the residual effects of creating space for this love to enter. Mm -hmm. When you are in perpetual motion of just go, 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 with not even just sitting for five minutes and creating the space, it doesn't allow the love to enter. You've allowed love to enter, and therefore this is why this is happening. And and even recognize it as well, right? Because like you're saying, if you're going, 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 not only are you not going to recognize it, it's almost as if you're running away from it. And, you know, you and I both know that in space, the most beautiful thing is to be still. You allow it to catch up. Yeah. Well, and it it made me think, has this ever happened to me before and I just didn't realize it? Or is it, you you know what I mean? Have I had an experience like this or a series of events that then I've sat at the piano and had this experience? Or is this just now happening because I'm making the, the space for it. It's not that you haven't had the experiences before, but now you're able to go into gratitude and appreciation and you're able to witness it versus not being able to witness it before. So it's not that it hasn't happened, but now that you're able to witness the experience is really where the blessing is. Right. Yeah. And and not only that, but I would even say this, Jim, and this would really kind of percolate your, you know, percolate your, your mentals there. I would say Percolate your mentals. I've yeah. not heard of that before. Right. <laughs> I, I would, Copyright that too, Chris. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say this. Today alone, it happened to you 98 times. Mm. And how many, and, and out of the 98 times that it happened today alone, how many were you aware of? Yeah. It's interesting. Right. We have, we have that ability. All of us have that every single second. It's just a matter right. of what we're paying attention to. So this, so obviously because of this situation, you was hyper aware. And so you was aware of this moment when you were playing. However, the, the it's, it's always, it's always happened. It's it's like, it's, you know, think about it like this. It's like source, uh, God, universe. It's like saying, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to give them you know, just little hits of joy. You know, I'm just going to give, I'm just going to give him, you know, just a few minutes of joy per day. And that's it. You know, of course that's not going to happen. You know, source loves you, you and loves all of us so, 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 so much that joy is, it's abundant. The love is abundant. So it's not like it's limited. So you have just as much access to it 24 seven as everyone else of us do. And it just comes down to, you know, again, resistance and ego blocking us from seeing how many times it happens per day that we're just not aware of. You know, one of the things we said yesterday at a meditation was, you know, what just, you know, breathing, you know, breathing is, is breathing is an alignment to source energy. Breathing is source saying to you, I love you so much. Mm -hmm. 
inhale and exhale. I love you. And then I love you too. I love you and I love you too. So it's not just the big moments, but it's the small moments. Those are the ones that are even more special. Yeah. So good. It's about just realizing that. Yeah. That's a perfect way to wrap this beautiful podcast up. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> right, right. So Jim, why don't you why don't you let us know one more time where people can uh, get in contact with you? Sure. Well, my website, pianofavorites.com, you can reach me uh, through that. Um, on uh, In social media, Jim McDonough Music, um, M-C-D-O-N-O-U-G-H. Um, not the easiest last name to pronounce or spell, but that's it. Jim McDonough Music. And, uh, and, and I just want to, to um, acknowledge you both for for this opportunity um, that, that you've given me and, and, uh, and, and so many others to, for renewal. You know, you, uh, you don't have to be a pianist, you don't have to be a musician, you don't, you know, I think everyone can take so much from, from this topic, uh, this, this, the experience that, that, the three of us who are fortunate enough to have a, a microphone uh, tonight have shared, um, but but I think that renewal is possible in in all of us. And and you're right, Chris. It does start with the breathing. And I I can't wait for my next concert <laughs> uh, because in the past I've had some sort of you know I let my thinking get in the way. Um, and I have some negative self-talk as I'm playing and I can't wait to breathe. And, and maybe I will, I will say that I love you, uh, through the breath, through the music, um, through the, they're both in my case, oxygen. Mm, so good. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. Oh, so good. Um, we are so grateful to um, have you a part of our podcast, and we are so grateful that everyone gets to listen to you every time they push the button of play to listen to us. So, so thank you for being a part of um, us every single day, uh, just in the ethers. So, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you on Insight Timer, also. Yes, yes, <laughs> well, I, I will. I will do that yet this evening awesome. if I can figure it out. I, I'm going to send you the link so you don't have to figure anything out. Okay, perfect. perfect. All right, thank you. Okay, thank, thank you. you very much. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much.